Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I'm the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, and you are listening to another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace. Well, we kind of had a regular schedule for a while. We got off a schedule because of classes that we were doing. Um, This time of the year, along with all the classes, we don't really have a schedule. Just whenever somebody wants to talk, well, here we are. Now, it's the 1st of June, 2020. And as we do every month this year, Sean DeVore from Mannington Mills is with us. Sean, I assume you're still with me. I know we had a little trouble getting on. Yeah, I'm still here, Dave. Hope you're doing well today. Good deal. Well, yeah, I am. I am. Uh, really, uh, you know, I kind of want to start this afternoon by giving a shout out to literally the hundreds of people that use the Academy for education last month. Kind of want to start the afternoon with something really good and positive here. Uh, I mean, I think this time of what's going on, we kind of need it. Sean, you know, we, we've been doing this for, for about four years and uh, remote education was something that we kind of kept pushing towards, pushing towards and, and people just kind of said, well, you know, why are you doing that? You know, it needs to be live. They have to have our hands on it. Well, I want to tell you, in the month of May 2020, over 400 people accessed education through either remote or online education with the Academy. That's amazing. 400 people took classes. Now, I want to break it down just a little bit. If you're listening this afternoon, it's about a quarter till two on a Monday afternoon, the 1st of June. Now, I, I, I didn't get the numbers for March and April. So this is just May. So we've had about three months of this continuous. But there were 155 people that took remote learning. A hundred... Um, Gosh, what, 150 people actually went online and purchased a class and took it online. And then we have a bunch of free courses, and 100 people came in and and got some of the free courses that we have. You know, I just have to tell you, that tells me that there's something going on out there. That's with us. We've seen, uh, we had a little bump in our residential business. Uh, over the last two weeks, which is, usually means that commercial will fall follow within the next four weeks. We've also had a large uh, response to our remote learning as well. Uh, matter of fact, I'll be teaching a CEU coming up later in June on uh, substrate moisture uh, 
for the whole entire country. And we usually have between six and 700 people attend those uh, when, when we give them. So that's something new that Mannington started doing. So that's, we are definitely seeing a lot of people interested in education and learning more. And uh, I think it's maybe because they have more time at home. I'm not sure. Or this is just kind of the new way of way things are going to happen. Well, I mean, you and I—we were town. You know, hey, we've we've been playing with this now for oh, about five or six months now, and right. and uh, it's easier, but not less complicated because you know technology can get in the way anytime. Yeah, I mean, uh, I still I'm in a business where you have to have physical samples, so sending samples to a client, I've had to send one set of samples for the same project to one designer and then another set to another designer because those two are working on the same project, but they're working from their homes. So yeah, tech, not tech, not technologically challenged because I can't put a physical sample through a computer. <laughs> and the, well, thank, and thank goodness they still need us, huh? Right. Well, and every monitor is different, so the colors are always different on everybody's monitor. So, um, yeah, that's 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 been a challenge trying to make sure that the designers and end users have physical samples. Uh, the meetings we can do with uh, the Microsoft uh, links that they have, the team team link, and we no longer use Zoom, but we use the Microsoft Teams. Oh, okay. So you've uh, why why did you move away from Zoom? Uh, I, from what our IT department told us, it's it's very vulnerable to being uh, hacked. So they didn't want us exposing our systems to the a system that could be hacked. And Microsoft Teams is really secure, and that's what we found out to be the reason why we were told not to use Zoom at all. Interesting. I, I mean, I've been using Zoom for years and uh, have not had an instance where I've been hacked once. Yeah, I don't know what it is. We, uh, Manic is pretty nervous about all that. We've, we, were, we were hacked with ransomware um, a year ago, February, and it shut our plant down for three weeks until we could uh, put up, bring up new servers and retrieve our material from the cloud. So our, our IT department's a little gun shy. So any, any time they see anything that looks dangerous, they won't, they tell us to stay away from them. Well, I mean, you know, this is, this is the thing and we're all learning from each other as we go down this new row of business road, road of, of business. Uh, what would, what would we be doing if we couldn't be doing it this way? I'm not sure if we didn't have the technology and the computers and the cell phones and ways to communicate with large picture files and, uh, to send documents. I, I'm not sure that a fax machine could handle it. Well, I, and I think this is the, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of people talking about what's the new wave of the future. And, uh, you know, I think now I don't hear the words the new norm now. You know, that was mm -hmm. in April, March and April. That was what everybody was asking. I don't think anybody's asking that now. 
No, they're, just, they're just accepting this is it. This is it. And this is how we're going to move forward. It's going to change. I think that there's going to be quite a few of my customers that don't even go back to work. I know my son-in-law, he, he works for a company, uh, an IT company out of Atlanta. <clears throat> Atlanta and uh, him and my daughter just moved to southern Illinois from Atlanta. And they moved up there because they wanted a location change. And she owns her own website uh, for uh, an editing business. She's a professional editor. And he works remotely with that company. He doesn't even go into the office. And if he does, he'll just jump on a plane and fly down to Atlanta. Well, and I think that's the thing that you're, you know, we're talking about this, this afternoon, Sean, is business has changed. The norm is now what it is today. Get with it because if you don't, you might not be in business come another six months. Yeah, the we've got sales reps experimenting with video presentations, showing products on video, which I haven't I haven't done yet. Um, we've got salespeople sending virtual uh, memes for different things to to help launch new products. We've got a thing that we do with Mannington where we, we've sent pictures of all of us working at home and created like a Mannington commercial. Um, yeah, we so did the same things. thing at Gym Supply. Yep. So um, it's just a different way. I mean, humans are very social and we have to interact. So there will be, there's going to have to be, I think it'll relax at some point um, to back to work some social, but it is going to affect how how we do business I, I hope my hope is you know we've we've ventured away from the farm we've ventured away from the um the immediate family plan this has brought a lot of that back so hopefully we can try to figure out a way to maintain that side of it while doing business a little bit differently well, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, I had someone else on the line uh, last month and we were talking about the same thing. We're seeing with the home videos working from home, a lot more people are recognizing, oh, so that's what they look like outside of the studio or, you know, outside of that commercial atmosphere. Right. And, you know, everybody from your dogs to your kids even know you better. Yeah. It, you spend more time with everybody at your house, and it's it's a that's a positive thing because that makes people happier. Yes, yes, I think, and I think, you know, we all are having to go through the balance now. You know, of course, you can always go on the other side of the coin about the bad stuff that's happening and the negative things that are happening, but you know, we don't like to talk about that. Um, what uh, have you seen? I know we talked about this in February when we first heard about this whole thing starting. And you and I talked about the use of disinfectants on floors and what it was going to do. And I now have been hearing some of the rumors about the CDC coming out and saying, oh, you've got to use disinfectants because uh, – uh, all of these diseases are transmitted across the floor as well. And then they come back and say, well, you know, maybe it doesn't transmit it on the on surfaces as well. Uh, where are you guys? What, what's happening out there? Well, we had a, a um, 
I was going to see if I could find the document. We had a, a, a our meeting the other day, our webinar, and it was about that. Um, the we have some documentation. Let's see, here it is. Um, commercial well, I mean, you know, this, cleaning this, and. This was- yeah, this was the issue we were talking about. Are we going to wind up with so much disinfectant that we're going to start ruining floors? Yeah, this is a quote we have on our website. Uh, commercial hard surface cleaning and disinfecting guidance. Uh, as expected, we have received a lot of interest in numerous questions regarding cleaning and disinfecting our hard surface products over the past several weeks. As a result, our internal product teams went to work and drafted the attached letter that can be shared with our customers. Please fill it or distribute it as you feel appropriate. If there are any questions, please let us know. So it's a, a complete letter talking about disinfecting. Okay, so in the show notes, I'm sure you can send that to me. I can put it in the show notes for anybody to, yep. to get hold of. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I'll email the, the yeah, link. Yeah, send, send me a link to that, Sean. You know, so my thing here is, is you know, from the viewpoint of everybody, you know, and I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times a day uh, over the last six weeks, uh, eight weeks, that I've been getting either email or phone call about, I want to use a fogger, I want to use a sprayer, uh, we need to spray the everything. And everybody is going through and just spraying disinfectants on everything. And of course, it all falls to the floor. Right. And then we know they don't clean floors very well. So this is just building up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it'll be any different than uh, what we've experienced in the past. There's always somebody using something they shouldn't be using or too much of what they should be using uh, to create a residue. So I, I would think that the disinfectants and sanitizers being used now will create the same problems we've been dealing with in the past. I don't, most of this stuff, unless they get into, uh, you know, the bleach word, I think we'll be okay as far as damage goes. But, um, you know, we're trying to hold them to a pH of around seven maximum. So if we don't go beyond that, then we'll be okay. But we will have some residue. Well, almost every disinfectant is over a seven. Yeah. At so, least that people are trying to use right now. Now that doesn't mean that they're all that way because there's a lot of them that aren't, but you know, right. a lot of these people are using, you know, high alkaline, you know, disinfectants. Yeah. And that's going to cause damage for sure. It's going to weaken the structure of the, the urethane on the top and it's going to damage the wear layer and, and cloud, make it cloudy. Then they're going to have to. They're going to want to want replacement or want us to come in and evaluate it for replacement. So, uh, has Mannington started seeing any change in as far as the, the substrates that people are, are moving towards in the last sixty ninety days? No, I haven't. I've seen just the same amount of hard surface that we hard surface is growing by leaps and bounds. Anyway, and this is not going to slow it down by any means. What we are seeing is uh, we're looking, we're getting a lot of questions about antimicrobial floors. 
or antifungal floors, or what can we do that has a, a floor that's antiseptic already, so when something falls on it, it kills it, and, which is not possible. Uh, yeah, well. We can, we can retard the growth of something, but we can't kill it. So we can keep it from growing, but we can't kill it. Yeah, see, this is kind of where you and I've talked about this on previous podcasts. You know, I I think I don't have much problem with the hard surface floors, but it comes to the carpet. It, it, people just have this idea that they can run a vacuum cleaner over the carpet real quick, run a hot water extractor over it real quick, and use sanitizer in the extractor and say they sanitize the carpet. And this is not the case. Right. It just isn't the case. And, uh, you know, you cannot get through their head that you've got to remove the dry soils and you've got to do it in a more efficient way than an upright vacuum cleaner. Because an upright vacuum cleaner only works on a third of the carpet at best. Right. And the particulates that you don't get out is where the fungi and the microbials organisms live. Right, and then that fights the disinfectant or the sanitizer that you're trying to use, and so therefore, oh yeah, you use a disinfectant or a sanitizer, but it, you didn't really didn't do the job. No, you didn't do anything or accomplish anything. But I, I'm hoping that this is going to force better training, and that might lead back to what you were saying earlier about your, you know, your training videos and training classes. Is that companies are going to start pushing their janitorial staff and their the people that take care of their buildings, their maintenance staff, to, to learn more, be better educated, and actually follow through with the guidelines that they're required to follow through with. Well, and you're and Sean, you're exactly right. Uh, a, a college up in uh, uh, your neck of the woods, up up north Panhandle of Florida. I'm not wanting to be specific this afternoon, but right. uh, you know, a, a college up there just recently uh, they've been working with us with education and some supplies. And they started sending more people through the classes. And so I called up the, the principal there, uh, uh, you know, contact on Friday. And I said, I, I really appreciate the fact that you're sending people through classes. But what's the change all of a sudden? Because it's nothing new. You know, we've been talking about right. this for years. And he says, we found out the remote learning is is really workable and, and, and you're doing it. And we sent a couple of people through and they liked it so well, we're going to sign up people for every class. And they signed up two people this morning for another one. He says, we're going to keep doing it all year. Then he turned around and bought a whole bunch of equipment and stuff. He said, because now we learned what we should be doing. And now we know what we should be you know, accomplishing in the school. And how is that different from someone going through a class or you're showing up and doing a class live? I mean, wonder what. Well, you know, I think here's here's the thing, and this has been the hard thing, Sean, to do. And, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit by what you're doing. I fight some of the same things, but we have to work through that. And so what I'm doing is, it, well, it's actually harder for me, to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, because the live... Uh, remote learning class is me doing all of the work. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm instructing the class, but what I've learned to do is where normally they would get their hands on it and start working with the equipment. Now mm -hmm. I have a, a remote headset 
and I can go around my classroom and actually do the demonstrations live with them. They're talking in my ear. You know, they got their mic on. They can talk to me at any time. They can say, well, wait a minute. What about that? Or, or they can, you're right in the middle of me doing it. Right. Now, the other problem, Sean, is usually in a hands-on class, I stand back and watch them. And <laughs> you're doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is so we all have to make adjustments. And I think that's the thing. So what we've learned is with our remote learning, we're having to break apart some of the technical stuff so that we can put in more time for me to actually show them and they can ask questions. And I think that's the balance that I'm learning with them and they're learning with me. And that's how I, when I go to a hospital, that's how I to show, I usually, I work with the guy, the ladies and guys that are running the machines. Uh, I go there at night and actually meet with the people running the machines and that's where I get the gain the most success. And you're just having to do it. You're doing it on a video screen live right but what it's doing is it's showing them what it is instead of an online uh, read it, and i think here's the interesting thing you know we you, you put videos into an online class and most generally people don't watch them no they check out almost immediately but when it's a live class and we have a quiz system built into our live remote. They don't know if the quiz question is going to come from the live remote, uh, you know, demonstration. So they have to pay attention. Yeah, they have to pay attention, and you because you can ask them questions as well. Oh, yes, yes. And I do ask them questions. And uh, we've got a class here with a, a big a major college here in Orlando next week, uh, about 120 frontline custodians in uh, two day two day sessions. So, um, you know, uh, it's going to be quite an interesting two days. And this is what the, one of the uh, uh, gentlemen there was asking. He said, how do you do this? And we've been walking through and I showed him some examples and he was real excited about it. He said, this is, this is going to be actually fun to see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think remote learning is something that we all are making adjustments to what the concepts are and how to best work with each other. And I've talked with uh, several others. I had a gentleman on the uh, podcast last week talking about millennials. And uh, he says, you know, he said, you millennials, they, they, we, we're, we all need to work like they do. Yeah, they work all hours of the day. My daughter, she was editing a book the other night at midnight to like three o'clock in the morning. Well, and, and this was, the, you know, this is, this is it. You know, the, the use of technology is what they grew up with. And, uh, you know, in our, in my, at least in my field, you know, I'm not dealing usually with uh, millennials as far as the base of, of the students. You know, they're usually, uh, you know, over 40. Right. So it, it, it presents a challenge. 
to step back a second, have you guys worked on anything to do with like protocols as far as uh, the human is concerned while cleaning surfaces? Because there's a lot of, I noticed everywhere we go, you know, whether you go to Publix or you go to uh, anywhere, there's a large exchange of uh, people coming and going. They are wiping down everything and sanitizing anything, everything, because we really don't know how this is transmitted on surfaces, how long it lives, uh, and how it, if it can be transferred by hand to mouth from say a shopping cart to your mouth. Um, are you guys studying or looking into like mask protocol? Cause I, I was at Lowe's the other day returning something and, uh, they, the Lowe's I was in was in Alachua County and Alachua County has a mandatory mask thing for all public areas, which I, I didn't wear one in the Lowe's because I didn't have one, but everybody, all the people working there were wearing one. But I wanted to go, um, uh, every time I saw someone do something, I wanted to go, you know, use the word contaminated, contaminated, because you just contaminated your mask by touching it with your hand. You touched something that I brought in from outside yeah. with a gloved hand, and then you reach up and touch your mask, you've contaminated your mask, so the whole reason for wearing the mask goes away. You're less likely to touch your face if you're not wearing a mask. So I didn't know if you guys were getting into like the protocols of cleaning and keeping yourself safe as well. Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, matter of fact, some of those 100 people that uh, took uh, free classes, we do have one that is uh, uh, keep the technician safe. It's a free class. Uh, and and it specifically talks about those kind of things. And then on in our infection prevention class, um, that has been the hot class for the last three months. Uh, we talk a great deal about keeping the the frontline technician safe. And I, I think the thing here is with masks. I think everybody needs to understand why they wear them, why they should wear them. And, and when they should wear them. And then, of course, as you just said, how? Um, Correct. You, you mentioned Lowe's, so I'm going to give you one. You know, I was in Lowe's. I had a, I bought a, a big uh, uh, storage shed, and I was in there trying yeah, to find so out. Yeah, so you put that together. Yeah, okay. If we finally got it, but it took. A, it was hard to get, get it here. But I was in there, and... You know, they've got this plastic shield up to keep you from spewing all over the worker. Right. But a lady walks up. Yeah, of course, now get a hold of this now. The the worker has her mask on behind the, 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 the shield, and she's talking on the phone. A lady comes up, sticks her head around the end of the shield without a mask on the worker pulls her mask down to talk with her and puts her mask up when the lady walks around to the other side <laughs> yeah exactly contaminated yeah yeah so the thing about it is is there's a lot of people wearing them because they have to but they don't understand why they're wearing them and you know the the first thing is the reason that you wear a mask because of covid is to keep from spewing your saliva and your mucus all over everybody else. Now, 
the thing is, if we would do this in the upcoming flu season that is going to come again this year, we would have less flu. For exactly the same reason. Yeah. So, you know, my whole thing about this is not just because of COVID, but as we move into other issues, we have other respiratory issues that are transmitted through droplets, you know, that come out of the human body. And so the first thing that you wear a mask for is to keep that from getting onto surfaces. So now when you take the mask off, you never touch the inside of the mask. Correct. But now I can tell you, I have watched people do it right in front of me. They'll take the mask off and with their bare hand, they'll touch it. They'll fold it. They'll put it in their car. They'll hang it from the, the, the mirror. And that's the inside of the mask. So now what was on the inside of the mask is now on their hands and on everything else. Right. It did absolutely nothing. Now, the other thing that they're talking about right now, but and to answer your question, though, Sean, no, we are not writing protocol on it because it's changing all the time. It would be almost worthless to write a protocol because it's going to change. And I'm not an authority. Right. Um, right. on, on that particular thing, but you got to throw some common sense into all of this. You know, I, I personally have COPD. I cannot mm -hmm. wear a mask because a mask that would keep particulate from going out of the mask onto somebody else and also protect me from what they're doing. So now, now you've brought in another issue. So the first thing yep. is, if you wear a cloth mask, that's to keep me from throwing it all over you, Sean. Correct. On the other hand, if I want to have a mask on that keeps your stuff from me, now I need to go to an N95 or an N100. Now, as a person with COPD, I can't breathe through those. You can't because, get enough air. No, absolutely not. My air intake is already reduced by 60%. If you put a particulate mask on, that reduces your air intake by 80. Oof. I can't breathe. So what do I do? Your, your, well, your option would be to stay within an enclosed area where you are safe from others. And this is the stay at home. This is where you know, I go out. Uh, I can't wear a mask. I've got now one of those, uh, oh, it's one of those cool things that go around your neck that you can get cool and you can put it up over your nose. Um, I can breathe through that as long as I'm not doing much. Right. But if I'm walking, I can't do it for very long. Uh, if I'm trying to talk, and do my machines and you know for like a class i'm trying to instruct it i can't wear a mask i can't wear that over my nose it doesn't matter whether i want to <laughs> you know uh, right. and, and 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 the thing is is there's a lot of people out there that are in society that are just like me you know that have respiratory issues that can't do this that's right so when you see somebody without a mask, you can't just automatically um, believe or assume that they are being inconsiderate and don't care about you. Right. 
And I think this is where I, I hear some of these people, well, you know, if you run around without a mask, you don't care about me. No, you didn't ask to whether whether I have an issue and whether I can. So what I've actually started doing is I carry my COPD medicine with me. Oh, not so because I, there you go. And, I, you know, hey, it was just one of these conversations like I'm having with you this afternoon that it, it came up and I'm like, he, he brought that up to him. I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, um, but I mean, you know, this is, is this how ridiculous it gets? You know, I walk around and, and just show my, hang my COPD medicine around my neck so that people know. I, I know that's kind of, you know, was stupid. Well, it's, I no, no, I mean, it's just like you're, I, you know, it's just further isolating people into groups as well. So I, I don't know, you know, how far you go with it. I think there's been a poor explanation. And maybe it's that they don't really know, but it's just been a very poor explanation as to how this is transmitted. Well, I think the thing here, let's not just, I mean, everybody is so COVID focused that when we right. have our infection prevention, we're talking about all the infections, not just that. Standard of procedure. Yeah, a standard of procedure to help prevent all infections. Well, some of the news stories, uh, you know, more the history stories, not the, you know, five o'clock, you know, the, theatrical right. news, but the history news, um, you know, when masks were first recognized and what we first did and, and how gowns came about and gloves, where did these first start? Why did they, you know, uh, and, you know, it, it's been a proven fact that masks do keep infections down. Uh, but saw, you know, I keep I keep telling people cleaning is the same as a mask. We're we're the we're the break in the infection the chain of infection. That's all that a mask is. It's it's a break. That's just like cleaning and disinfecting is a break in the chain of infection. It's not going to keep it from happening. It's going to reduce the uh, of e efficacy and also the frequency of transmission by cleaning and disinfecting. Well, Sean, I think what you're now what you just said is the other thing that I'm saying. The people that are coming to classes, they're saying, "Well, we're going to have to have you know our frequency is going to have to be more." That's, I would say, that's a true statement. Depending on the traffic of the people of the humans that come in and out. I mean, do you, the question is, do you clean it? Do you have to wipe down and when the kids come to class in a college environment? Let's just use a secondary education. Um, and you, the kid, a freshman English class with 600 kids comes and sits down at University of Florida. Does a wave of janitorial staff have to come in there after that class leaves before the new one comes in? Well, you know, the thing about it is, as you said, do they have to? No. Right. There's nobody that says they have to. But what's prudent? If you're, if, if you're saying that we should be wearing a mask and you've got... Um, 10 people, let's see, I think one in 10 people have respiratory. So every 10 people, so that means three people in a 30 room class can't wear the mask. And you've got three people that don't wear a mask or that are fiddling with their mask the whole time mm -hmm. or didn't wash their hands for the last 22 hours before they came to class. Now you see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah. What would the prudent man do? And I think this is the issue that we've all got to explore and ask. 
you know, I know in our class, we tell uh, the frontline workers in this course that they should wash their hands a minimum of 10 times a day. Are you there? Yep. Okay, sorry, I got a phone call. Um, um, a yeah, minimum I'm, I'm, of we, how many times? 10 times a day. So if they're washing their hands 10 times a day, then how often should we be wiping surfaces down? You know, here's the thing. We don't need to disinfect every time we wipe a surface down. You just saying wipe it down. It now, doesn't necessarily have to be disinfected. Correct. And, and, and so uh, part of this class and our online demonstrations is that we do ATP testing and I do live on camera uh, an ATP test by using microfiber and water and a correct protocol to use that. Now, it's not the microfiber or the water by itself. It's the protocol that you use to do that. And so, uh, you know, it, I'm not going to just say all of it right here, but it's if you come to class, you're going to learn there's a proper way to do these things to maximize your efficiency. Well, my wife, they did that at work a while back. They had a, uh, a hand-washing demonstration, and they had several people wash their hands as they normally would. Right. With <laughs> no instruction. And then they used a black light to show what was left on the hands. Some, I don't know if they put something on their hands before. I'm not sure how they went about it. But anyway, something, whatever showed up in the black light. And... Yep. Uh, my wife was able to, even though she used less soap, she used more friction and she didn't have as much on her hands as someone who'd used more soap, but just basically put the soap on and washed it off. Well, and, and you're exactly right. It, you know, many of these infections can be removed. And I've, I've said this for years, the two basic principles of cleaning is pH and physical removal. And you just you just gave the best example of both. Right. A little bit of pH, <clears throat> but the removal process is what did it. And right. so the, the thing is, is in my demonstration of microfiber and water, water, tap water <clears throat> with microfiber, in the demonstrations that I do, by itself removes about 96% of the contaminants that are on the surface almost every time. Wow. Now, I mean, literally, how often could we walk around and properly wipe surfaces with something that is non-toxic, easy to do, and but the thing is, is you have to launder the microfiber. You have to do that. Now, some people are buying disposable microfiber so they can dispose of it. Uh, I'm not, you know, talking about that this afternoon, but, you know, there's there's avenues that we can go down that aren't what everybody is wanting. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, this alcohol sanitizer stuff is like just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't putting all, all that's got to go in your body too so you use that alcohol 
if you want, instead of washing your hands, you just put alcohol sanitizer on 10 times a day. I mean, you're putting that stuff in your body, in your bloodstream. Well, if you think about this and you, you know, you, you look at uh, some of the sanitizers that's going out there, they're actually now just using, you know, this high grade and, it, and it, it's not FDA approved. It's not, it's, I mean, they're getting it from anywhere and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so what are we, what are we doing? You know, and as you said, I mean, it, it's going to absorb into your skin somewhere. Right. It's funny. You brought up the, I just emailed you another link. Um, we were talking to a company about the positives and negatives. One of our, our maintenance director for Mannington is talking to uh, a company about the disposable microfiber um, pads from for mops moving from room to room. It was just apropos that you mentioned that. We, we can talk about that offline, but. No, I mean, no, that's fine. This is what we're just, you know, this is just you and I talking. I mean, there's a couple of people who come on and listened a little bit, you know. Um, but, I mean, you know, this is the thing. We're starting to now have conversations, Sean, that nobody had the time to have conversations like this before. Yeah, Nick has a question. Nick, Nick, go ahead and type your question there. Uh, I, I see you're still listening, so. Type your question in the chat box, and we'll see if Sean or I can answer a question. But, I mean, you know, this, this is the thing is, is it, it, people are asking and people are listening, uh, just like you, you said. They're talking about disposable uh, pads now at Mannington. When, was, when did they – I mean, they're not new. They've been around for a decade. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, because it's it goes back. It's one of the things I talk about with uh, just the laundering of the entrance mats. And where was that entrance mat last week? Was it at a slaughterhouse or was it at a a uh, hospital? And then it got laundered, you know, at an offsite facility. Was it cleaned appropriately and then put back into an another a neonatal? entrance way or something in a hospital. I mean, and then you, the same thing goes for the mop heads, the microfiber mop heads, or they, you go from we're clean in one room and then the person takes it off the mop head and puts it in a bag. And at the end of the hall, she's got 25 mop heads that are contaminated and dirty new ones mixed with old ones. And what contaminants are left on those when, when they move from one to the other. And I, one room to the other and when they're laundered and when they come back, what's left on them. So I think those issues are being brought up because of the, the issues we're having now and the concern about cross-contamination. Well, Nick, I see you have a couple of questions here. Um, let, tell you what, Sean, why don't we let Nick call in here and because uh, he wants sure. to know about regulations and, and churches. So Nick, uh, we understand your question. If you'd like to call in and talk to us live on the air, we'd be, love to converse about it. If you don't want to talk to us live, uh, I do have some feelings about churches and what we should be doing. I mean, because, you know, hey, it's just as you're saying, Sean, where, you know, you know, these laundry services that bring, you know, rental services, uh, 
Mm -hmm. where, where, where was the last item at when it was rented and how well was it laundered? Um, in my ATP testing, I can guarantee you, I, uh, and this is what I said, if you clean properly, I can show you how to not clean properly and actually increase the ATP, regardless what chemical you have. Because if you didn't use the microfiber right, and, and I, you know, and I, I just had some people right here in my RV park. They wanted to, you know, they learned what I was doing and stuff. And they wanted some microfiber. I said, now, would you, you don't, don't launder the red microfiber from the bathroom with the green microfiber that you use on the kitchen table. Correct. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because in that document I sent me, there's some microscopic photos of uh, microfiber mop heads that's been brought back into service and what was on them after they were laundered. And so there you're mixing, and then you, you've, you've worn them till they're uh, half of them, you've used them until they're no longer good anymore. So you've introduced 25 new mop heads today in service with 25 old mop heads that you still, you just got back from laundry. And then you go through your cleaning cycle today and then you launder all of those together. So you've cross-contaminated the old ones with the new ones. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's a vicious cycle. So we are talking about these subjects now, um, because it is important because it has been brought to light. Like how, how is this disease or any disease? How is it, how is it passed on and what are we passing on? Well, and you're a manufacturer of the goods, but the, how it's maintained definitely affects whether somebody wants to keep using, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the product that you have, you also have to take care of it. Uh, as well. Nick, go ahead and call mm -hmm. in whenever you're ready there. I see you, you're talking about your headphones, so go ahead and call in if you want. I'm going to take a short little time here to, to recognize our sponsor, which is Gem Supply. They provide cleaning supplies uh, that improve lives since, well, 1930. The, uh, the academy is, well, powered and housed at Gem Supply. It's through their efforts that uh, we have the ability to well, take a chat here on uh, Podbean Live on a Monday afternoon. Sean, you know, the thing is, you, you brought up a good point. It's not just the use of the microfiber. It's whether we've got the right type of microfiber, whether we're laundering it correctly. And one of the things that most people don't know about this COVID and early on came out is you can't take a wiper in your hand and go in a circle. Now, no, we're not talking floors here. We're talking about above floor in that particular sure. case. But, you know, airborne is the way that this goes. So we want to keep this on the floor and keep it down low. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of disposable stuff. I mean, I hear, I hear the cross contamination thing, but, you know, I think we should be laundering it and I, I don't keep, I don't want to keep just throwing stuff in the landfill. I agree with that's one of the, the uh, questions I had when we were talking to the company, we were talking about this because they called me specifically and asked me about my opinion. Of it. That was one of my first things is, are these biodegradable? What's happening to them when they get thrown in the garbage? If you're cleaning a, 
you know, you're in an assisted living facility and you're cleaning a 12 by 12 patient room uh, on an Alzheimer's unit. And then every time you come out of one room, you throw it away and then you start with a new one. Where are all those going? Well, this is like what you're you're seeing now. All of the disposable gloves, all the disposable right. masks, all the disposable gowns. I mean, have you noticed how much these are laying in the parking lots? Yeah, I have. I don't. I saw. Um, I don't go to a lot of box stores. I like to shop local. But I, you know, I was at a a Bass a Bass Pro shop that had a Costco next to it, and yeah, that parking lot had masks in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this is the thing is, uh, you know, people are well, you know, disposable. They're just they. It's I know it's an unfortunate thing, but it's just part of it, right? Right. Yeah. Well, at the moment, until something better is developed, I'm sure we already have it developed. It's just not being used right now. Usually, that's the case. You know, I saw something and I thought it was interesting and we'll have to see if it really comes back. But um, uh, there was the they, they showed a milkman delivering milk to the court, you know, to the steps of the house. Mm -hmm. Some things that were old will now be new again. Well, that's what I was exactly saying. It's like my daughter with the baby. She was she uses. Uh, cloth diapers so because she's a, she doesn't want to be throwing you know every time the baby goes to the bathroom she's got to throw that into garbage and then start over when she could recycle those and use them numerous times before she has to dispose of a cotton diaper and well, i think the, uh, the, we, i think we have nick here on line with us nick yes i was gonna wait for y'all to finish so, <clears throat> my question, because y'all earlier y'all talking about the the masks and how you know how to correctly remove and such and um, what do y'all think about the um? So, well, I, they're not shut down, but I know for a while churches were basically shut down except for outside services, which I got no problem with. Like, what do y'all think about all that? So the question is, is, is should we be wearing masks in church? Is what you're saying? Um, can, no, with the, the regulations like the like the 25 percent capacity and the or some churches being shut down and such so, 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 so stuff like that, such so like that. Well, I don't know, Sean, about what you think. I know my my version is is you know it's a building where people come uh regardless of whether it's a theater whether it's a a dime store a restaurant a church it still is a facility uh, that infections can spread um i won't i, I don't want to get into how the protocols are and uh the amount of infection control goes on in churches versus other places but I think, you know, if, if you're limiting one, I think uh, it should be fair all the way across the board. As well as if you're allowing one, you should allow the other. That's the other side of the coin, too, is my opinion. If you're if we can all go to Walmart and buy groceries, then we should all be able to go to church. 
and just follow the same protocols that you would apply at both places. Nick, is that what you're talking about? Yes. And, you know, my thing is, I don't know if we have four people here, so I don't know who the third, I don't know who the fourth one is. I don't want to, I don't want to offend this other person. I don't know what they believe. Um, my thing is, because, yeah, I'm a fairly, how to put this, I'm a, I'm a fairly, not strong, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fairly, well, I'm a fairly strong believer. Okay. And my thing is, you know, you find where it's written that if anyone's sick, then let them come be prayed for and they'll be healed. My thing is, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to offend anyone else here who believes otherwise. Cause Just I don't know. speak freely. Say what's on your mind. Yeah. Yeah, because my thing is, you know, the way I see it, you know, you can go to a, unlike other, you can't really, you know, you can go to a church and be healed, you know, of that. Whereas, you know, you go to a, my point being, you can you can go to a church and be healed of that. And my thing is, if you're going to limit the churches or, in some cases, close them completely, then you're just hurting the people more. Because if you can, you know, I think I get my words together. Well, I know what you're struggling with, Nick, and and, and you know, whenever you there, there's two things that really get people stirred up, and it does all the time, especially during this time of unrest in our society. You have that eggshell thing of do I say what's really on my mind or not? Um, I'm kind of one of those that you know I'm going to speak my mind, as you said there, Sean. Just go ahead and speak freely. You know, the thing the thing here is is when it comes to infections and keeping people safe, we know the science behind things. And, and I don't want to just talk about COVID, uh, Sean, you and I are talking about this earlier. Uh, Nick, we're not just talking about one infection. There's a lot of infections. We should be paying more attention to this on an everyday basis. I think what this is now making us do is uh, pay attention. If you do believe that you can be healed in a church from something. Okay, that's your belief. But we need to make sure that we take care of people from the scientific viewpoint. We can't just turn our head completely the other way. And I don't think that it's fair, like you said, Sean. Uh, they're, they're all a building. They all house people. Yeah, you're free to make... You know, God sets out your plan for your life, but you're also free to make choice. And, the, you know, my choice is not to jump off the cliff onto a surface that's hard instead of jumping in the water so, so I can live. So I have to I do have to abide by the laws of the world as well as, as the laws of God and, and making choices. I can't just believe that everything's going to be OK. But, I, you know, I think that all people being treated equally is the most important thing to remember and that we're all created equal. Well, I think Nick got off uh, the air live with us, uh, Sean, but I think he brings up good point. You know, and, sure. and, and this is and this is kind of what you and I were talking about before, you know, is you can't, you, you know, if you're going to put on the protective equipment, you've got to understand why. You've got to follow the protocol. 
you know, if if we if we if we're talking about a place that you're going, we have to understand why we need to take care of ourselves. You know, I, I say this, and I wrote a protocol, and you asked about protocols, Sean. I did write protocol for restaurants, and the first thing that I wrote in that protocol is that every person should be required to go wash their hands with soap, water, and a towel before you seat them. Well, you know, what was the um, – you remember you only do it now in high-end restaurants or in Japanese restaurants. You'll often get that. Um but you were given a, a very hot towel. I remember being younger when I was first going to dinner in Chicago, the first time I experienced it going to a very expensive restaurant and they gave me, they brought a towel and handed it to me out of a, 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 a very hot stainless steel bowl with a pair of wood tongs. And the hand, the towel almost burned my hand when I, when I took it, but that was to clean my hands before I ate. And like you said, some of the old things may be coming back. But, um, yeah, I agree with that. Every person should wash their hands because who knows where you're coming from when you, you know, a construction worker or a sanitation worker or garbage man or whatever you want to call it. So you can understand that in my protocol, in my protocols that I wrote for the schools, for a technician to go into a school, what's the first thing they should do? Wash their hands. What's the last thing they should do? wash their hands before they leave. So, you know, the thing here is, is if it's good enough for one facility, it's good enough for everyone. So, I mean, you know, I consider a church not to be any different as a, as a place where people gather, uh, you know, they should wash their hands before they go in. They should wash their hands when they leave. Now, Agreed. here's the, here, here's the interesting thing. Since we're talking about churches this afternoon here, I actually contacted a, a church association and talked with them about protocols, and I was pretty much told that we don't put out protocols. The church has to decide that on their own. And you see, this is the problem I have, is that there's too many um, facilities, and I won't say churches only because this is just a personal experience, but there's too many facilities that are not requiring a protocol, and therefore this conversation continues to go on. Well, everybody, you know, that's the one thing about as compared, if you look at some of the other countries that's dealt with this, this and other things, the one thing about Americans are that we're very individualistic. So I I don't mind telling you what to do, but I don't want you telling me what to do. Whereas in a (laughs) communist or a socialist country, people tend to toe the line a little bit more because that's just how, you know, like in Germany. You know, people tend to follow the rules a little bit more because it's a little stronger of control. Control. It's like it's the old argument of Hobbes and Rousseau as to where what's the problem of order is how much you know freedom do you want to give up in order to maintain the the distance between you and anarchy, and and now that boils down into this what we're dealing with now is you know I don't want to be told how to act or what to act or how to be. And I'm willing to do it in some areas of my life, but not in others. And I think that's what you were alluding to. Yeah. Nick, did we lose you? I think you, you said you're not, you're still there. Yes. I was just muted while y'all talked. It's just, just to keep any interruptions out. Hey, this is just a conversation. You just jump in, man. 
Okay. Anything um, else you you want to talk about, Nick? Yeah, and um, I I was gonna type this, but then you asked me to call, and so I guess I could just I started to type it, but um, and I can agree with what you are, what you are saying. You know, you got to keep the level of infection and spreading it down on one hand, and I know there's people that, and to a degree it has happened, but um, some people, not all of them, but some people do take the COVID circumstance as a as an opportunity to push out religion and not everyone does it a few a few people have a few people in authority have done that but i think the majority do it the majority just try to keep the infection down i can agree with that on the one hand and then like i said on the other hand you have you know you, you have you had the need of you had you had the need to go to church on the other hand which which you also have the need to go to the grocery store as well. Yeah. We so, have a need to be social is what we're talking about. Right. And, and believe it or not, church is a social place. Now, you're, you're, you may be saying religion. You don't go to the church just for religion. Uh, that, that's not true. You go to church to socialize just as much as you go there for religion. Um, it's a community gathering place. Churches are using used for much more than just religion, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there is. Here's a difference, though. I think whenever you get into a church, is it's it, there. There seems to be, and, and guys, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, but it seems to me there seem when you go to a, a place of worship, there all of a sudden is not a responsibility like we have in a commercial facility. I'm sorry, I missed a lot of that. I got a, I got a random call and it cut off the sound. Now, you know, my thing here is, is, is when you go to a, a place of worship, there seems to be a lack of responsibility because I can't sue somebody. If I go to a facility, a school, and I get an infection, I can sue the school, I can sue this, I got a board. But, you know, for some reason in people's mind anyway, there's a lack of responsibility when you go to a church. And some places are like that, yeah. I know, um, for example, I know the one I go to, it was, it is, it's not really, it is kind of insisted on, but at the same time, it's your choice that you wear a mask. The only thing is, if you don't, you kind of keep, you, you keep your distance. That way, you're not put other at risk. But it is suggested you wear a mask if you if if you if possible or if you prefer to. But see, Nick, that's the thing. That's the difference because in a school, I can write a protocol, and the board says that's a protocol, and everybody has to. That's regulation. You have to. You don't have a choice. And churches don't do this. And so I think this is where some folks are saying because it's so much free will to do whatever you want you're going to get much like what you're getting in on the streets of our cities right now they just don't care they're going to do whatever they want to at and completely disregard now that may go on to the other extreme and i'm not trying to be devil's advocate here but we can also see both sides of this yeah 
Is there an easy answer to any of this, guys? Not really. No, there's not. No, and, and, and that's the reason that we have discussion. That's the reason that we have the ability in America to, to vocalize what we think. But I think what this is doing is it's all bringing us together to come talk about something that affects all of us, not just one or two of us. We all have to talk about this now. Yeah, everybody has to be. The more people that you have informed, the better. And, and hopefully the just maintaining a, a cleaner physical presence as well as a, your area, taking care of your area, your responsibility, your own personal responsibility. It's going to fall back on that as it was in, the, in like the 50s when you had more people that had more personal responsibility. Um, I think that that's what we might be seeing coming up. But as you as you brought this up, Nick, I'm thinking sitting here thinking about something, and I and I I'm challenged in my mind to remember in the last 90 days anything from a church that showed their increase in sanitization, their increase in cleaning, their increase in disinfecting, their uh, uh, of all the people that have come through my class, you know, we're talking like 400 a month for the last three months. I can only think of three people that were from a church. See, this is what I'm getting at. The, the, the people in the churches haven't woke up to the fact that they need to follow the same protocols that the rest of society is following. Or I'm not gonna feel safe going. Yeah. I mean, is that fair, gentlemen? It is. I completely agree. It's equal. Equal. That's the whole. That was the whole issue. Not to get into the politics, but that was the whole issue about, you know, what is a what is a uh, a person who's important and what non-essential and essential people, and what's a essential and non-essential location to go to. <laughs> and, and anywhere a person walks is essential. So if you walk into church, if you walk into Costco, if you walk into Publix, that those are all essential places for everyone, and they all need to be following the same exact protocols, and there should be no difference between any of them. If a human takes presence in that spot and can spread germs, then that's that protocol has to be followed. So, you know, if anybody's listening to this in a recording, because we're probably close on our live time this afternoon, gentlemen, but, you know, if anybody's listening to this, you know, as I wrote protocols, since you mentioned it, Sean, you know, was wash your hands before you can sit down and be served. <clears throat> you know, if you're going into a school and you're the technician, wash your hands before you do and once you're getting ready to leave. You know, I, I think we should be doing the same thing at every one of these facilities we go to. If nothing more than to start changing our mindset that there is something that we universally have to do. If masks are so important, then we should be washing our hands every time we go in and out of facility. Yes, washing your hands on the way in. And, you know, I, I visited uh, one of the local uh, prisons here. I was doing some work and they took my temperature on the way in and my temperature on the way out, even though I was only there for two hours. Um, so, I think following the protocol of washing your hands on the way into a facility, washing your hands on the way out, 
and the proper ways to wipe something down and clean something and how to exchange uh, materials, whether it be a mop or a, a microfiber rag. Or those are all things that have to be kind of re refined and defined. Well, gentlemen, I'm, uh, we're opening our classroom back up. Uh, I think our next live hands-on class will be the 16th. We have a floor care class uh, that we're conducting. And a gentleman asked me, will it be hands-on? I said, yes, you can come in. But I can guarantee you he's going to have protocols and that's going to be washing his hands. Whether he wears a mask or not, I'm not going to be that concerned. But we're going to take his temperature and we're going to wash our hands every hour. There you go. Gentlemen, I thank you, time. I thank you for your time this afternoon here on Podbean Live. Um, you know, we're, we try to do this on occasion. We don't have any uh, speakers lined up for the rest of this week. Um, so, hey, you know what? Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, who knows? I just might get on here and, you know, rant and rave some more. I don't know. I kind of... I kind of like this afternoon, Sean. That was that. This was a lot of lot, this was a lot of fun this afternoon. Yeah, it was. We kind of went off in a couple different directions, but I like that as well. Well, you know, we have a tendency to do this. Uh, you know, when you when we first started doing this, Sean, you were like, "How are we going to talk about you know floors and tile and everything?" Every time I said, uh, "I don't think it'll stay that way," and it hasn't. No, it hasn't. It's been fun. I enjoy it. I look forward to it actually. Nick, we appreciate you coming online with us and having a couple of viewpoints. Uh, encourage other people. Uh, you know what? Probably tomorrow and Wednesday, I'll probably just come on live at 1 o'clock and probably throw a little bit of something up there. Sounds like somebody else needs your attention there, Sean. Yeah, I think uh, Miss Bodie heard something outside outside the office, so she wants to go check it out. Well, enjoy your garden out there, Sean. Uh, I hadn't been able to get up there, but who knows when I will. Well, I've always got something planned, something popping up. So uh, just let me know when you're coming. Yeah, I give you a call before I head that way, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I might, right. I might put a shovel or a rake in your hand when you get here. I will. I'm not saying that I don't know how to use both of them. I do. I know. I keep up with you. I think you do. Yeah, yeah. Folks, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Or if you're listening to the recording, please like and share whatever we're uh, putting out here. We're on Podbean Live this afternoon. We have our YouTube channel. We're on Facebook, Instagram, out there on LinkedIn. Join us for a class this month in June. Got all kinds of them on the schedule. Go to www.academyofcleaning.com. You can find our live class schedule. Sean, uh, let them know uh, how they can get hold of you. Well, my name is Sean DeVore. I'm with Mannington Commercial. I'm a commercial flooring sales rep for the South Georgia and North Florida area. And my number is 352-630-9884. If you have any questions about flooring or anything else you might want to discuss, just give me a buzz. Thank you. Folks, whatever you do between now and the next time that we talk together, make sure that it is positive and healthy and proactive. We're out of here for today. Talk to you later next time.